As I mentioned earlier, when we hear the word stewardship, we usually think of money. And while that's an important aspect of stewardship, stewardship is also about so much more. As the movement of Jesus began to arise in the early church, stewardship was central to their understanding of what it meant to be a disciple. And their sense of stewardship was rooted in two core convictions. First, they believed that everything belonged to the Lord. Everything. From the food on their table, to the clothes on their back, to the very bodies that they inhabited, those first disciples lived into this radically countercultural belief that everything belonged to the Lord. And that belief was rooted in our ancient scriptures, like this one from Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. All that they possessed was merely on loan to them. Second, they believed that everything that God had placed into their care was to be used in alignment with God's purposes as they had been revealed in Jesus. And this is why St. Paul referred to himself as a slave to Christ. Paul believed that his entire life, all that he had and all that he was, was God's and to be used in God's service. So stewardship is a framework, a way of seeing ourselves and the world around us. And that framework shapes how we care for everything God has given us and use it all for God's purposes. And so Abby, who I told you about in the intro, sees herself as a steward of art. Barbara sees herself as a steward of the animals. Our creation care team sees themselves as stewards of the earth. Our musicians are stewards of their musical gifts. Do you see how this works? Now listen for how that stewardship framework shows up in today's scripture reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. But before I read it, let me provide a little background. Not long after Jesus' resurrection, both the Roman and Jewish authorities persecuted the Christians in Jerusalem. While most of the Christians fled to the surrounding territories, some stayed behind, and their lives were hard. To support them, Paul called upon the young churches throughout the surrounding territories to give an offering in support of their struggling sisters and brothers in faith. Now, apparently, the Corinthians had promised a generous gift, but they had failed to fulfill that promise. God writes these words now through Paul to encourage their stewardship. Paul writes, now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped. 
for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. Now, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they'll have plenty and can share with you when you have need of it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scriptures say, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you catch it? Paul is calling those early Christians to steward what God had placed in their care according to God's purposes revealed in Jesus. And since Jesus aligned himself with the poor and those aching at heart, well, the Corinthians' financial offering in support of the Christians in Jerusalem was good stewardship. And Paul's words reveal other important principles of faithful stewardship. Things like, the amount doesn't matter, but our heart's intention does. True stewardship is never a have-to, but always a get-to. And we always have enough to be generous with what God has given us. Stewardship continued to arise in the church, which is why so many orphanages and hospitals, like the Fairview system in our own community, have their roots in the church. And stewardship continues to arise right here at Prince of Peace. In the Mission Outpost Dental Clinic, dentists and hygienists steward their time and skills to care for people in pain. In children's ministry and student ministry, adults steward their time and love by leading small groups, support groups that nurture faith and facilitate people's healing and wholeness. Our prayer team stewards their passion and faith by regularly lifting up the needs of others in prayer. 
our church mice steward their time and skills as a, a way of stewarding this beautiful campus that we've been given. Our community gardeners steward the earth by providing food for hungry people. And of course, all the ministry we share together is made possible by our collective financial stewardship. None of this happens because we have to, but because we get to, because God calls us and God provides. And again, while stewardship is about much more than money, well, some of you have asked where we are as a ministry these days, and I'd love to tell you what God has done through you in our life together. 14 years ago, when I started at Prince of Peace, we were $5 million in debt with little to show for it. We had no reserves, and we were making principal-only payments of $210,000 annually on that debt. Today, after significant upgrades to our campus, we have healthy reserves, and we estimate that our principal and interest payments on all that we've done to date will be $162,000 annually, which easily fits within our budget. It's amazing. Last fall, we sent out a mailing to let you know that we were experiencing $133,000 shortfall in offerings, mostly due to COVID. To date, you've closed that gap to $60,000. Simply put, your generosity has been extraordinary. When stewardship arises, ministry arises. And here's the best part. Those who are served and provided for are blessed. And those who serve and give are really blessed. Let me share just one particular story with you that not only warms my heart, but warms the hearts and bodies of those in a time of crisis. For over 15 years, disciples here at Prince of Peace have been sewing quilts and crocheting and making blankets for patients at Ridges Hospital across the street from our campus. And not just a, a few quilts and blankets, we've delivered well over a hundred just since fall 2021. Many thanks to those who have stewarded their time and their talents in this way. Now, here's Chaplain Lisa Simonson from Ridges Hospital to tell us a bit about the impact of those handmade gifts of grace and healing. My name is Lisa Simonson. I'm a Lutheran pastor, and I serve as a chaplain at the Ridges Hospital across the street. The Lutheran Church has a very long history of quilters, hundreds of years and um, they have been used for Lutheran World Relief. They have been used at auctions to support camping ministries. Uh, they've been used to gift to shut-ins, and so this is part of our heritage as a church. We all know that the past several years with the COVID and everything have been really tough on our youth and our young adults. As a healthcare chaplain, my pager goes everywhere, and you just never know in the course of a day where I might be called or who I might be asked to minister to and support. And so once again, my pager went off, and I was called to the room of a teenage boy. His mother and father were in the room, and I looked in the medical record before I entered to see what the admitting condition was. The boy had tried to take his own life. I went to the chapel 
and I got a blanket. I entered the room to find the mother beside herself with worry and the father trying to be strong. And the young man was seated up in bed. He had been medically stabilized, but it was clear that there was a long road ahead for this family. I presented the young man with a blanket and said, I am the chaplain of this hospital and I came here to tell you that your life is very special and that we're so happy that you're still with us. You're loved and you matter. And the boy smiled the biggest smile I've ever seen anyone smile and he held that blanket and his mom was at the foot of the bed and she grabbed onto the blanket too and she started sobbing. And I said, I'm gonna tell those ladies across the street at the church how well you're doing. And I want you to remember when you're having a tough day, because I know you have a long road ahead, that this blanket is a symbol that people care about you and you're needed in this world. And the mother gave me a great big hug and said, thank you. That's the power of these blankets. So thank you very much. Amazing, isn't it? When stewardship rises, ministry rises, and people are blessed. So how is stewardship arising in you? What is the Spirit nudging you to steward differently, more freely, more generously? What is it? Let's pray about that right now. And as we pray, let me invite you to place your hand open and upturned. And imagine whatever the Spirit is nudging you to steward differently, more freely, or generously, well, imagine that that is what's in your hands. Now, would you join me as we pray? Generous God, you provide for us in ways we know and in ways we don't. As a people who long to follow in the way of Jesus, teach us to live into the call of stewardship investing all that you have given us in alignment with your heart and purposes. We offer to you what we imagine in our hands right now, not because we have to, but because we can, believing that we have been blessed to be a blessing. We pray all of this in the strong name of Christ and together all God's people said, Amen.